Hi friends, I'm Katie Brinkley and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. With nearly two decades helping business owners, consultants, and coaches with their digital marketing, I know that social media can be an incredible tool to grow your business when you know how to do it the right way. And that's what we're going to do today. I teach you how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship and digital marketing, and hopefully you'll grow your business with a few great tips you wouldn't have known otherwise, and maybe even discover a great local business you love. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. Now, today's guest you've probably heard before on my podcast, and he also has his own podcast. He is a speaker. You can see him on a ton of stages. That's where I first got to know Rich. And we actually had the opportunity to speak together at an event in 2022, had to get the the opportunity of getting to know each other in real life. He's been on my show. I've been on his show. I had to bring him back on the show because he is just a wealth of knowledge. So I'm talking about no one else other than Rich Brooks, who is the founder and president of Flight New Media, which is a digital agency based out of Portland, Maine. He recently uh, threw out the first pitch at a Portland Sea Dogs game, and he's been doing the digital marketing business for over 25 years. He's a nationally recognized speaker on entrepreneurship, digital marketing, and of course, social media. He also founded the Agents of Change, which is an annual conference, and it's a weekly podcast that focuses on search, social, and mobile marketing. So Rich, Thank you so much for coming back onto Rocky Mountain Marketing and having another conversation with us. Katie, I would come back anytime to talk with you. I, I love I love your podcast. I love your energy. This is going to be great. And I'm going to have to add that first pitch thing into my official bio, I think, going forward, because it was such a fun and terrifying moment in my life. Like when they first told me that I could do this. I was like, first of all, how many famous people must be out of town this week? But that's fine. But I had to go out and get a baseball. I hadn't thrown a baseball in like two decades. So thankfully, I still had my arm. I measured out the whole 60 feet, six inches so I could be prepared. My girlfriend, meanwhile, is like, they're never going to make you throw from the mound to home plate. But I'm like, I got to be prepared. And they didn't. It was like 30 feet. But whatever. It was still a lot of fun to be throwing a baseball in front of that crowd. Well, I had no idea that you were a lefty. So yes, when I when so I saw cool. that, I, I, like I said, I saw it on social media and I was super jealous. I said, man, now though that right there is goals. You know, you've made it in your local market when you get asked to throw out the first pitch at the baseball game. So, well, it it is minor league. Not that minor league isn't like 10 times more fun than major league. <laughs> and I was one of like six people. And the girl in front of me was 12 and she already had her lobstering license. So, you know, it's like, I don't want to make it too big a deal. I'll just say it was a ton of fun to be able to get out there for sure. Well, all Portland Sea Dogs conversations aside, you and I, like I said, have had the opportunity to talk marketing a couple of times now. And I wanted to talk about how having events is a good strategy for your business. Now, when I said when I introduced you, you are the founder of the Agents of Change podcast and conference. And the Agents of Change conference is coming back in 2023. From how long? It was a it was a couple year hiatus. Yeah, three years we took off uh, because of COVID, and then we're just bringing it back this year. Well, I want to talk a little bit about doing an event because. I did a virtual event uh, in tw- a early very 2020. Good, well run one, I might add. 
Well, thank you, Rich. Thank you so much for being a speaker on it. But it was a lot of work just doing a virtual event. But I understand and I see the benefits of it as a business owner. And for anyone that's listening that says, well, is having an event good for me and my business? How would I even know? I guess that's where I want to start our conversation today is why have an event for your business? For me, I mean, for me, it served a lot of purpose. And I I can honestly say that the original reason for having an in-person event is not necessarily the one I have today. I had gone to things like blog world and social media marketing world and these big conferences across the country in big cities like Vegas and LA and New York. And rarely did I run into somebody else from Maine. So my idea was, why don't I just take this energy and bring it back and make it Maine-sized and just have it in my own backyard? And that was basically the impetus of starting this conference. Um, but these days, just from trial and error, I've realized like it's also a great way to differentiate Flight New Media from the other digital agencies in town. And there's a lot of good digital agencies in Portland. So this was one thing that kind of really helped us stand out. And that's one of the reasons why we continue to do it. Um, there are a lot of people who put on regional or smaller events and they, you know, you have to make that decision. Does it serve my audience? Does it serve my bottom line? I mean, if we're being honest about this, like we can put on an event because we care about a cause or something like that. But an event like Agents of Change, I mean, obviously I'm trying to educate people about digital marketing, but it also helps position flight as a thought leader when it comes to digital marketing in Maine and New England. So things that jumps out to me is that you're doing it for Maine, New England. You said social media marketing world, that's in San Diego. People fly from all over the world to come to that. It's huge. I've never been to Maine. You know, it's, I'd love We're to We're trying go. to get you to come I up know, this year. I know. Every time we talk, I always ask you how the puffins are. And one day you will say, Katie, I saw a puffin. But <laughs> but this is the thing you wanted to bring, you wanted to be the thought leader in your local market. And for somebody that's maybe not a, a digital agency like you and I are, let's say they're a real estate brokerage. Let's say that they are um, a liquor, like maybe they, they have their own tequila brand. Right. Why would something like doing a, an event make sense for them? Well, it always depends on the, the the company or the business that you're in. I mean, obviously, a tequila brand, it makes so much sense to have a live in-person event because that's the best way to taste tequila. So, I mean, and here's the thing, like agents of change in the past, we, we kind of rethought it this year, but in the past, it's been between three and 400 people. We changed venues this year. We decided to kind of hedge our bets a little bit. We weren't sure if people were ready to come out and, and be in an arena like this. So we're in a place that's probably two to 250 instead. But you don't have to start that big. So if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, you know, I do need something to kind of differentiate myself from my competition. Live events can be a great way to go. And it doesn't have to be an all day or a two day event like Agents of Change. My first event was about 20 people in the Chamber of Commerce uh, conference room, which was free as a member. And it turned out to be a great event. You know, I got some some practice speaking. I was able to teach people about SEO. I think I got a couple leads out of it. You know, there's just all of these benefits. So if somebody is listening, I would say you don't have to start with a 200 or 2000 person event. 12 people in a conference room could be your first live event and you can grow it from there if you see the value. It's about putting the right people in the audience when it comes to creating these events. One million percent. And, and you know, you said something, too, that you you didn't know if people were ready to come out for an event. 
And I have noticed, I've been to a number of events already this year. I just spoke at Social Media Week Lima a few weeks ago, and it was another local event, great event put on by Jessica Phillips. Very good, yeah. And um, where you and I got to, to talk last year. But I've noticed throughout the speaking uh, and going to different conferences this year, Jessica's was different, but just about all the other conferences I've been to, the attendance has been down. Mm-hmm. So yeah. with, you know, you said you were willing to hedge your bet. You went with a little bit of a smaller venue. What do you think the benefits are of doing an in-person event versus a virtual event? So I did the virtual event route, you know, earlier this year, you're going the in-person route. What are some of the benefits of doing an in-person event that I just couldn't get out of a virtual event? Yeah. And I don't want to dismiss virtual events because there's obviously so many benefits to putting on a virtual event. And it really does depend on your business. We actually have clients all over the country, but our our client base is concentrated in the Northeast and in Maine specifically. Um, so it makes sense for us to be visible in front of these decision makers. So that's one of the arguments that I would make for you know having an in-person event is that you can get people together in a room. And we just came back yesterday. We went up to go visit a client of ours, an aviation company. They're up at the Bangor Airport, which is about two hours north of here. And it was just me and a few of the other members of the marketing team got a tour. We saw how they tore down planes and rebuilt them and all this stuff. And it was just, it was great to see them. And we got more insights into their business, but also making those in-person connections kind of helped cement those jobs. And so if you're putting on a live event and you can get clients and prospects into that room with you, that's already giving you an advantage. And then if you're able to take the stage or members of your team are able to take the stage, or even if you're bringing in speakers, but you're the MC, you're being seen by the people in that audience as the authority on this subject. This year, we're only doing single track. That's another change from from previous years. Single track, there's nine speakers. So there's eight people at least as smart, probably smarter than me that I'm sharing stage with. But because I'm there, because it's I'm emceeing the event, all of a sudden it, it just positions me as somebody who thinks about digital marketing, who thinks about websites, SEO, social media, all these sort of things. That's a big benefit. And so you don't have to be a digital agency to do this. Like you said, you could be in real estate. And I've gone to events put on by real estate brokers, real estate agents, and sometimes they'll invite people from the community, especially if it's commercial. But even I've seen people who are like teaching first-time home buyers, right? They pull them into a room and they just give either free or inexpensive paid information about how to buy. If you see that person on stage, who do you think you're going to give your business to? So as long as you're doing a good job up there, you're providing value, you've suddenly become a much better candidate for that business. So that's not the only reason we put on the event. There's a lot of reasons, but that's a big one. So if you're sitting there wondering, is this right for you? If you like being on stage, it's absolutely right for you. But even if you don't, there's things that you can do to help position yourself and your company as an industry leader, regardless of the type of business you're in. With all of this, with having events, and I know that this probably is a a conversation theme, you know, with Rich Brooks on today's podcast episode, they didn't expect us to be talking about events. But I, I, I wanted to talk with you about yours because you're right in the thick of it right now. At the time of this recording, you're right in the thick of doing the marketing and having an impression. I mean, like you're doing all the things right now. So right. you can say, this is what's working right now. Or, hey, you know, we, this is what's worked for us in the past. And this time around, after, you know, a three-year hiatus, it's just not working. We had to change what we normally did. What is something that you've noticed right now that you've had to change for this year's conference? 
Well, it's still early on. So we've, we're right now at the time of this recording, still in our early bird ticket phase where our tickets are at the least expensive. And so if you put on events and you have like early bird and tiered pricing where the price continues to go up closer to the event, you actually don't want to sell all your tickets early on, even though it helps you sleep at night. The bottom line is like it's more profitable. And when I say profitable, my goal is to break even. I see this as a marketing event. So if at the end of the day, after all the time and effort's gone into this, if we're at net zero, that's a huge win as far as I'm concerned. But as far as the marketing question, it's what's working, what's not, I can tell you from previous years that some of the things that used to work really well have definitely tapered off and we're having to figure out new ways of engaging people. So it used to be we'd send out an email saying, you know, 24 hours before the price goes up or an email that lists all the speakers at an event. And we would just sell like just tons of tickets. And now we just don't get that same reaction, whether it's because maybe we've tapped into this market too many times, whether it's because our email list may be a stale, maybe people are overwhelmed. And one of the biggest things I've seen for digital marketing is where in the past, there wasn't a lot of resources online, which sounds crazy when I say in the past. When we started, our first year was 2012. Now it's like there's millions of resources. And there's also these people who are like small independent people doing like lunch and learns on Instagram. And it's free. So it's like I'm asking people to spend up to 350 or more dollars if you also want to buy a couple workshops. And so people are going to be like, well, why wouldn't I just go to this free thing at the chamber? And so having to convince them. So a lot of it is about education. We do a lot of outreach to local business organizations, both things like the chamber, as well as like groups like uh, the Institute for Family-Owned Businesses and all of these groups that have their own audiences and trying to bring them in and getting them connected. We also do a lot of barters for media trade. So getting our ads in front of people who read the Portland Press Herald, either online or the actual physical paper and, and main biz as well. So Though we just try and, you know, flood the airwaves where our best audience hangs out, which for us is tends to be marketing professionals and owners of business. That's really what it is. But we haven't, you know, there are things we'd like to try, but it's it's definitely more challenging than it's been in the past just to kind of break through and get these people's attention for sure. Do you think that people now are almost in a information overload after what happened during you know, the pandemic times where everyone was doing the Zoom, you know, the, the virtual events, the, the Zooms and everything. Do you think that people are almost on information overload a little bit? Or do you think it is just a little? I think we've been on information overload for a long time. And obviously, during COVID, being in front of the screen for so long. Also, this is why it's sometimes tough to get people to come out for webinars or, or virtual events and things like that. There's actually, a, you know, obviously we're going to lean into the fact that, hey, isn't it time to get out from behind your computer screens, meet people, network, and just we've got videos that we've used in years that we've taken in years past that we use now for the marketing to kind of give people the energy and the vibe and, and get them excited about coming. But it is true that there, there's just so much information and there's so much information out there that you really have to kind of package it the right way and promote it the right way. And one of the biggest things that's going on right now is we record this towards the end of June is next week, Google Analytics is gone, right? Yeah. There's no more Google Analytics. And one of our speakers is Mercer, Chris Mercer, but he goes by his last name, who is like literally the godfather of analytics and just such an amazing presenter. And he's doing both a workshop and a presentation. So we're going to lean into the fact that most marketers are not ready for GA4, right? So it's like, listen, no. if you want to get, if you want to, if you want to have this framed by one of the leaders in the industry, the guy who's actually training my team right now, 
NGA4 and all the, all the other Google analytic tools, then you want to be here and you want to go to the workshop. So it's about finding those hooks that maybe their people aren't hearing enough about. Agents of Change has always been about what's working today that's going to make you more successful, but also keeping that eye on the future so that you can be ahead of the curve, be, it, be an agent of change. So this year, we are talking more about artificial intelligence, which we're going to do anyways. But of course, that blew up. And my inbox is full of AI uh, newsletters. I'm sure yours is too. But it is about trying to find those things that maybe it's been a little bit underserved in the past, or really showing that what we're talking about when you come into this event is much different than the lunch and learns that are free down at the chamber. And I love too that you you highlighted on you know exactly who it is that you want there. You're yes, not looking for somebody in you know Los Angeles to come to this conference. Local business in Los Angeles, you know they they probably could go to social media marketing world if they wanted to do that. You're looking. You know exactly who your ideal client is. Who, that persona of who's going to be benefiting from being in attendance with the rest of the attendees. That's something that I've found at these, these conferences is that you can't, that you can't get anywhere else is the other people that are there. Yes. The content on the stage is what you buy the ticket for, but it's the other people in the room and yeah. everyone else in the room is curated about that local feel, that Northeast feel. That Northeast feel, but also just like the, the vibe of people who are really looking in my case who are really looking to improve their marketing chops, uh, who are looking to generate more leads online, who want to be inspired, who want to learn new things. And when you get a group of people around an idea, whether it's digital marketing or tequila or real estate, there's a certain energy that happens. And so I think a big part, what I would recommend for people who are serious about doing this kind of thing is figure out what the vibe is that you're going for. Like for me, I'm like, I want it to be kind of party-esque. Like I want people to enjoy themselves or Jessica's event, uh, the social media week climate, like it is Jessica, right? There's such a joyous vibe that goes on there, right? And, uh, or, you know, social media examiners event, social media marketing world, it's so well put together and so efficient. And it's like clockwork, how everything works so well together. If you're going to put on your own event, what is your, your personality? What's the personality of your brand? What, do, what is the ideal client you're looking for? And really try and craft an experience that when people leave, they get excited about it and the following year or the following month, whenever you're going to have your next event. Because I think that's, you know, having that core group of people that we know are going to show up almost every single year if the dates are, are right for them is really helpful. And then it's about getting out in front of those other people who are similar and trying to bring them in as well. And I, I think that that's such a good point. The core group of people who's going to show up year after year because they know this event is what changed their business. The speakers that you bring in have helped them grow or have changed their, their life in some way. So I do want to make sure that we talk about not just why you should have an event, but how do you market these events? And we, we talk a little bit, you know, obviously social media. Um, and we talked a little bit about email lists, but then you said, well, I've had to re-engage my email list because we haven't had the event for the past few years. Right. So what type of marketing are you finding to work for getting more new, new leads in? Yeah. People in the seat, so to speak. Yeah. Um, there's a, so I think about it both in terms of content and then also in in terms of channels. And so because there has been a lag since the last time we did it, you know, we're going to be more active on social media. And quite honestly, like I purposely have been fairly low key on our marketing 
to this point, because like I said, these are the early bird tickets. I'm much more excited about selling tickets further down because we've got to pay our bills. So as we think about that and the things we're going to do, so we promote the speakers. It's funny because people, and this may have changed as well, but when we first started, like our big name speakers, they were huge in the industry and nobody had ever heard of them. When I had Jay Bear speak as a keynote one year and only one person knew who he was before. And then afterwards, like, he's really good. You should try and get him again. I'm like, yeah, I know he's really good. Okay, thanks for that piece of feedback. Um, but it's like, it's not name driven. So we show the people, but we also have to kind of say like, Nancy Harhut has got this award-winning book out right now on neuromarketing and things like that. Mercer is like, you know, the god of Google, of GA4 and analytics and things like that. So it's about kind of promoting the speakers, promoting the topics. I spend a lot of time curating the topics we're going to talk about. Sometimes it's about the personalities that I want to bring in. And sometimes like the last three speakers, the last of which I just nailed down today, I knew the topics a long time ago. I knew I wanted a paid search expert. I knew I wanted a local SEO expert and I wanted an AI expert. I had to go out and find the right people that fit the vibe for the conference. So that's part of it. So we promote the topics. We promote the speakers. We promote Portland, Maine. We love Portland, Maine. And although the bulk of people, um, as we've discovered over the years, are fairly local. We do get some people from away. We've already sold some tickets for people who are like, hey, how come you don't have a hotel block? And we're like, yeah, good point. Why don't we have a hotel block? <laughs> Probably because we weren't expecting you to come, but okay, we'll find you a hotel room. Um, so those are some of the things we talk about, promote. And then obviously discounts and part of our promotion, it, when I say discounts, I don't like to discount anything, but early bird specials and, and the don't miss out on the discount because the prices are going up. We also do outreach to local organizations who have newsletters. So they send out something to their membership saying, join us at the Agents of Change. Here's a discount code for you kind of a thing. So we do a lot of manual outreach. I do a lot of things that don't scale, like doing a lot of outreach to marketers and owners in Maine and sometimes all of New England. And then, of course, email newsletters. And as time gets closer, we usually do and we've got a flight email list. Flight New Media is my agency. And then we get the AOC email list and we send out to both of those lists. And we do that usually a couple times a month because it does tend to kind of give a goose the uh, ticket sales a little bit as well. In the past, we've done barters with local TV stations and gotten TV ads run and stuff like that, which was kind of cool too. Uh, I always get at least one terrestrial radio station, you know, looking to to do something with us too, but we've not had a lot of success with that in the past. And this year we're looking at some other new ways. We might look, we're, we're examining Spotify as a potential advertising channel as well. So we just try and get creative and find new ways to reach that audience. And this year probably focus on, we were going to focus on LinkedIn ads, but I think we'll probably split our budget between Facebook and LinkedIn ads because most of our ideal clients are on Facebook and we can target them. We know they've been to the event in the past. We have their email addresses or we know they've been to the website. But LinkedIn, obviously, a lot of key audience, potential audience members are going to be on LinkedIn. So targeting them by job title and geography uh, is an effective way of getting in front of them. Whether we see actual conversions, I can come back in a few months and let you know that. And I think that too, you know, with, with your event, the goal is to get the people in the room, right? That's, and, and you, you just said all these different ways that you're going to be marketing it. Having an event, what do you see as the ROI here? What is the return on investment? Because you're having to invest a lot to get the speakers out there to, to, to pay the, the speakers to, or, or their, their accommodations or for the event space. I mean, charging the, the price for tickets is, is not going to, 
you know, get you a, a new car or, or anything like that. No, no. <laughs> like I said, the goal is to not lose money. Um, we've had, and whether or not you lose money sometimes comes down to how you look at it, right? So I've had this discussion with my director of operations in the past where she's like, we lost $10,000 on this, on Agents of Change this year. And I'm like, what? Every ticket was sold. We got all those sponsorships, all this sort of stuff. How is that possible? And she would show me and she basically flight puts it about 500 hours to make this event happen. And she billed it out at $150 an hour or whatever our rate was. And I said, well, yeah, but, you know, it's like, don't we get like some sort of employee discount? I mean, the bottom line is flight and AOC are the same thing. So the bottom line is if we're charging full price and we lost that money, well, the money just went over to flight anyway. So it's a little bit of hard to know, like, whether it was really profitable or was it, whether it wasn't. My goal is to come close to that break-even point, even after we've counted our hours up. And then I know it's successful because it was a marketing campaign. And after the fact, we always find, sometimes it happens the next day, and sometimes it happens three years later, where somebody will come to us and I'll ask, hey, how'd you find us? And you say, well, I've been going to Agents of Change for years, but I'm finally ready for a new website, or I'm finally ready for paid search or SEO. And it was because of the event and the fact that Rich Brooks was the, you know, the MC and one of the speakers at Agents of Change, and he was at the flight booth, that they just recognized that if flight isn't the automatic choice, at least we need to be considering them for all the stuff that they're doing. And because they're bringing all these people to the state and they're putting on these great events, they must they must know what they're talking about, right? <laughs> well, I definitely feel like you do. Um, and I, I, you, like I said, I had the opportunity of hearing you speak on stage a couple of times before we actually got to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation and get yeah. to know each other better. And there's a different way that you look at marketing and, and business. I mean, having an event is a lot of work, but the ROI on it from the connections that are made, the long-term goals, like you you and I had a conversation after my summit was over and you said, so what did you think? And I said, well, it was a lot of work. And you're, and you're like, you're, just wait and see the return, the ROI down the road because you're still on that, that high or, you know, you're still, you know, in the, the throes of being in conference world. And it's true. Like, I'm so glad that I had my event. I think that it is a great way to position yourself as a thought leader, but two, to get more people in your sphere. It really is yeah. about who you know and how you can network together and help grow each other's businesses. I mean, whether or not someone decides to work with you or somebody else, at least you're in their, their frame of mind. Like, oh, I, I remember seeing him speak or I remember talking to him or anything at this conference. Yeah. So well, Rich... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you mentioned a couple of times, it's a lot of work, right? <laughs> yes. But that's not a bad thing. No. So, you know, when I talk about actually, so my, my new presentation, which you've seen, is about the remarkability formula. Like, how do you separate yourself? How do you stand out online? And I often talk about one of the key elements to finding your own remarkability and what differentiates you is something that is very hard to replicate. If Flight New Media puts out an ad campaign on Facebook, it would only take my competition like a few minutes to replicate that for themselves and run almost the same ads for their own business. Um, but putting on a conference with the caliber of speakers that we bring to Portland, Maine, and because of my connections to those speakers, to be able to bring them in at the cost that we're able to, that's almost impossible for another agency to replicate. They're either going to have to spend a lot more money or they won't really be bringing in that caliber of speakers. So this is something that kind of flight owns. And although there are other 
agencies that put on little events, it's not really the same thing. They have to go out and discover their own remarkability by focusing on their niche or whatever it may be. So if people are sitting there going, oh, it just seems like so much work. I'm like, that's what your competition thinks. So if you go out and do it, this is going to be that blue ocean strategy that no one's going to want to compete with you on. And that's going to be a really powerful marketing tool and branding tool for you moving forward. Well, Rich, we've been talking about this event all day. If people want to get their ticket, they want to come and check out Agents of Change, either in person or virtual, what's the best way for them to do this? Right. So what I'd love to say is get your tickets as soon as you can, because the prices do tend to go up over time. They should head to theagentsofchange.com where you can see the full agenda, the deep dive workshops that we're doing, uh, see videos from previous years just so you can get the vibe of it. And when you're ready to check out, if you use the word Katie, K-A-T-I-E, it's not capitalized, not capitalized, it doesn't matter. You'll save $25 off of any ticket you want. And as you kind of mentioned, like it is an in-person event. We are recording the entire thing and we're selling a virtual pass or a digital pass. You'll get every single session on demand available, really high professional versions of it. But we're also going to be attempting a Facebook live feed throughout the entire day. And anybody who buys a virtual pass will also get access to that. It probably won't be as high quality and we've got, you know, connectivity things that we always have to worry about, but you'll get high quality videos. So you can definitely check that out. So even if you can't make it to Portland, Maine, and who wouldn't want to visit Portland, Maine in October when the leaves are changing and the lobster shells are becoming hard, so they're really filled with good lobster meat, it's just a great time to go. I, well, I, someday I want to go to Portland, Maine, and I might have to just, I've, I'm, you know, in the background here, I have the theagentsofchange.com uh, site up here. You have a great lineup of speakers already. Jen Watson, one of my good friends, Atiba, uh, who was a speaker at my summit, just Such a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. I mean, you had Subi Zimmerman in the past, Amanda Robinson, who's a guru when it comes to all things Facebook ads. Great lineup already, Rich, in addition to you, of course, but it's a no brainer to try and head out there if you're on the East Coast to go to the Agents of Change conference. Or if you're not and you just want to go to Portland like I do sometime. Um, see, I would love to see a Sea Dogs game. But Rich, thank you again so much for coming on to Rocky Mountain Marketing once again. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks so much for the invitation. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. Make sure to subscribe so that you can continue navigating the world of entrepreneurship. And I'd love to hear from you. Please leave the show a review and connect with me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Katie Brinkley or connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you're ready to start making some sales on social media, be sure to grab my free guide to selling in the DMs without being spammy. You can get that at katiebrinkley.com. Let's keep taking your marketing to all new heights.